Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. So tonight, our debate topic, the future of jobs, where will they lie? STEM all the humanities and business. And when I say STEM, I mean science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or in the humanities and business. The McKinsey Global Institute has predicted that the developing economies of South Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa will supply nearly 60% of the world's new workers by 2030. And that is good news on condition. It says if the right steps aimed at developing the skills of the labor force are put in place. The question is, what are those right steps? Are they in the, in the study of science, technology, engineering, and maths, or what we call STEM, or in the humanities and business studies? It's been a big debate all week because those who believe that STEM is the way argue that artificial intelligence, robotics, new technologies are eroding certain categories of jobs and creating a plethora of new ones. They point to the prediction that as many as 50 million potential new jobs are expected to be created in the technology industry by 2030. On the flip side, the humanities and business team are very relaxed. They say the same report has an assertion that automation will have a far lesser effect on jobs that involve managing people, applying expertise, and social interactions. They argue that the World Economic Forum report listing the 10 critical job skills that will be relevant from 2020 and beyond point to skills like managing people, service orientation, emotional intelligence, and negotiation that are directly obtained from the humanities and business. And so science and technology should relax. There is no debate. Right. I have two protagonists in the studio who have very different opinions about this matter and they are here to help us see why we shouldn't even listen to the other party at all because this is the one that will drive the jobs in the year 2020 to 2030 and beyond. Arguing for STEM as the lead source of opportunities for jobs is Ifwa Adebi, the head teacher of the African Science Academy. Ifwa, welcome to Springboard. Thank you. This is the first time. Yes, I see is. you smiling. You, you're ready for this. I'm ready. Right, right. <laughs> and arguing for the, the humanities and business is Dr. Hazel Berard Anwa. Hazel was here a couple of weeks ago and she's back. She's the head of human resources at Old Mutual Life Insurance. Hazel, good to see you again. Thank you, Albert. Right. I am just eager to learn from the two of you. And I have to find a coin and toss it because I've, I've done many, many, many more. What, how, do they, how do they call it? <laughs> what do they call that to try and determine who should go first? I have, I have a neutral judge in the corner there. Who should go first? STEM or humanities? Let's toss a coin. Let's toss a coin. Give me a coin then. All right, so let's let's toss a coin. If we don't give coins, you give credit cards and, <laughs> and notes. All right, so heads or tails? Head. Head. Okay, which one is the head? Ah, I found the head. Okay, tail. So, okay, so heads or tail? Let's toss it. Okay, so head wins. 
<laughs> so, headwinds, will you go first or second? I'll go first. All right. So, we will have, and by the way, if I say headwinds, that means that Hazel won. Oh, so, okay. humanities will go first, which is what if I wanted anyway. <laughs> so, if I, we are both winners in this regard. So, we'll start with the humanities, and the rules are as follows. Each candidate will have 10 minutes to make a full-blown presentation stating their case about why their field will drive the jobs far more than the other. If there's a need for an intervention or an interjection, I will make it along the line. Otherwise, I'll, I'm happy to listen and write down notes, after which the other party will also make their case, and then we'll have a little bit of an interaction between the two, a cross-pollination between the two authorities. Let's start with Hazel, and your time starts now. Good evening, listeners. I'm delighted to be on the show again. And good evening, if we're a special world when I come to you, because we had a debate even back there before we started. And she says, you go first and I'll rip you apart. <laughs> <laughs> what we've both agreed, actually, is that um, we do believe that both studies or both fields of study are equally relevant to a very large extent. And the important thing is for us to really, as members of the society, drive an upward trend equal in both areas of study. Humanities, the arts, the business studies, what do they bring to society in terms of contribution? There's a common joke among philosophers, and it's towards the decline of the studies of humanities, and it's, it goes this way. I try to um, paraphrase it. Oh, humanity, where are your humanities? In other words, what's happening to the decline of studies of humanities? Is it a wonder today that if you look at society globally, there is a downward trend in moral um, values? moral decay. If you look at humanities and business, they really drive society. How can a robot run a country? How can an engineer be at the UN table? You would find today in the UN that you have more lawyers, more people of, um, people of um, religious backgrounds because of the study of religion and the impact on society. You would have philosophers in there, those who have studied languages and linguistics because you need to communicate in a certain way to ensure understanding. Now, it's true you can program a robot to a very large extent to be able to do some of these things, but to what extent? In the introduction, Reverend Albert mentioned that we had a big debate um, about two weeks ago about the key critical skills that are needed for future. Negotiation skills, performance uh, management skills or people management skills, you know, emotional intelligence, etc., etc. Whilst STEM brings a lot to the table in terms of the study of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics to help build certain facilities, certain infrastructure. We need to build a good society. It is imperative that you have human beings or the humanities and business leaders driving these. The question, therefore, is if you look at corporations globally, who are those constructing these companies? Human beings. And therefore, the study of humanities and how to manage a good society becomes very relevant. The good society is the question today in Ghana, across Africa, and across the globe. There is a great concern about the decay of moral values, as I mentioned earlier on. How do we ensure that without good society, we ensure that through the study of social um, studies, values, traditions, history, handed over from, from generation to generation and culture, we ensure that we protect the way our young, our young ones are being nurtured appropriately to be able to take leadership positions and drive STEM. Ultimately, while STEM is equally relevant and very important and brings a lot of value to the table, it is humanities that drive STEM. So, Humanities, being business and arts, are the fundamental key um, drivers of STEM, the backbone of STEM, and without which STEM on its own cannot stand. In conclusion, before I give the um, mic to Ifa to continue, I'd like to us to reflect on the fact that if we want to even have innovation being driven strongly in schools when it comes to education, we can continue that alongside driving 
these basic fundamental programs. A lot of schools across the U.S. and Europe have noticed, therefore, that all there's a very upward trend towards studying of innovation and digital um, studies in those um, fields of study. They recognize the fact that they have to balance the fundamentals with the principles of arts and business. So in my conclusion, therefore, it's important that while we continue to grow as a society and encourage um, technological development, we should also make sure that we don't lose our humanity by the common statement, oh, humanity, where is our humanity? I, I noticed during one of my studies in Henley Business School that if I'd had the opportunity to study philosophy as a major, I'd have been a better person today. And that got me thinking. And I said that to a few Ghanaian friends of mine. And they laughed out loud and said, oh, philosophy, what are you using philosophy for? I said, that is a fundamental pillar for thinking, right thinking in society. If you don't have an exposure to think properly, you cannot even create a robot or you can even work math. Problem solving is not generated from STEM. It starts first from humanities. So if we're over to you. All right, before if we're... <laughs> That was the voice of Hazel Beradamwa opening the discussion or the debate on STEM versus the humanities and business. The future of jobs, is it in the area of STEM or uh, as, it, as it were science, technology, engineering and math or it's in the humanities and business? We've been studying two reports, the McKinsey report on the future of jobs as well as the World Economic Forum report. And we are juxtaposing the findings of these two reports and trying to predict how the labor market and how jobs will look like across the world in the year 2020 all the way to 2030 and beyond. And also helping our listeners to understand how to position themselves to have an advantage and then also especially for those who are now beginning their careers to know where to look in terms of emerging opportunities. Just by way of summary, Hazel has been saying that both are relevant and we should drive both as it were. However, she raises a question that there is a big joke among philosophers who are asking, oh, humanities, where is, the, where is your humanity? The drop in the study of humanities leads to moral decadence. She says robots cannot preach the gospel and they cannot chair the UN. So no matter how many robots you raise, there's still a huge gap that must be filled. She points to the World Economic Forum attributes and says these are skills that, as you rightly uh, mentioned earlier, can be found principally in the humanities, even though STEM makes a contribution. She ends by saying that humanities are the backbone of STEM. And so even though some of the interventions are STEM-driven, it is humans who actually drive them. So there are STEM opportunities which human beings drive. And therefore, she believes that it's the reason why schools are driving the study of humanities to bring more focus in education. She ends by saying that she has a desire to study philosophy, something that I can proudly say I studied for a year in my first year and I enjoyed very much. So <laughs> that's one thing we have in common. So in addition to my economics, I managed to push in some philosophy, which I enjoyed tremendously. So those are the thoughts of Hazel um, Berard Amwa. I could see if we're just licking her lips and drinking water and saying this is going to be a feast. <laughs> all right. So that's what this debate is all about, enlightening us about the opportunities in the future of jobs. Over to you, Ifwa. Your Thank thoughts you. on the future of jobs. Thank you, Albert. Um, I want to say good evening to everyone, and I want to thank Hazel for her introduction. There were some parts of her debate or her speech that I agreed with, definitely. I agree that humanities and STEM goes hand in hand. So we have developed as a nation, as a world, because of both. 
The bit that I disagree with <laughs> is where the future is and where people should focus their skills and um, where the jobs will be in the future. I'm a teacher by profession, and I usually, when students are deciding, should they go for STEM, should they go for humanities, I usually throw the question back at them. And I ask them to think about their day, their average day, when they wake up in the morning, what do they encounter? So they start off, they wake up in a bed which is made by STEM, okay? So the polystyrene that makes the mattress has all come from STEM. Then they wake up and maybe they drink some water that has been purified and cleaned by STEM. Then they move on to the food that they eat before they even look at technology. So we're just looking at the science first of all. Then you might look at maybe the clock and time and maths and all of that side as well. But that's just, you know, a typical day for an average person. I'm sure everybody can identify with that. Then we move on to just looking about looking at how um, nations have developed from the past. So from, industrial, from the Industrial Revolution, it was all based on STEM. Okay? So we started, if we look at history and we look at maybe the Stone Age and so on, or we look at the way that we cook our food when we use a pot, it's all because of STEM. So it's the chemistry behind extracting those materials that give us that pot to aid us to cook. I mean, I could talk, for, I mean, I'm a science teacher, so I can talk and talk and talk. And I don't want to labour the issue too much because I'm sure a lot of people identify with what I'm saying. But then if we move on to the current situation now or the present, where we are now, we're listening to the radio because of science and technology and STEM. And then we move to the future. And, of course, we know that there is um, artificial intelligence, as Albert mentioned. There's all these apps. You heard the um, advert from um, Echo Bank talking about um, sorry, express pay and using technology to pay your bills. Then we move on to, um, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. We can talk about agriculture. We can talk about machinery. We can talk about STEM for a very long time. But that's just setting the foundation, setting the background. If we then move on to where the opportunities are, STEM brings about job, job creations in so many different fields. Okay, um, STEM has the skills that we need okay so when you go into STEM you have certain skills problem solving maybe not so much creativity but problem solving and um, the maths and the technical skills and so on we have to go into STEM in order to excel so if you look at maybe a big company like I don't know uh, a, a chocolate processing factory okay now that's all started by STEM you can be um, the farmer who has been using fertilizers to um, produce the cocoa and then go to a factory where it's being processed. And it also is the stem that has kind of pushed that process forward. So stem is very fundamental. I mean, I could keep talking and talking and I don't want to I don't want to labor the process. But um, what I do want to say is that when you step into stem initially, Okay, if you decide to take your career path in STEM first, you can have the technical skills, move on, become an engineer, and then manage. Okay, learn the skills that are humanity, humanity, sorry, humanity skills. You can learn those skills and then become a very good manager of a particular firm, an engineering firm or so on. If you try to do it the other way around, 
problems. Okay, <laughs> you can't have someone who's done a business qualification now changing to become an engineer. You can, but it's it's difficult. Okay, so I would usually say let's head the STEM way and then you can convert that into humanities later because definitely I agree we need those skills. There were some things I wanted to respond to you on. <laughs> so you mentioned about um, robots not um, being able to do certain jobs and you mentioned about um, engineers not being able to run countries. But an example is Singapore, which has a high, I can't remember the percentage, but a high percentage of its politicians are actually scientists. And they've used them to develop their economy and their country. Um, if we look at the moral side of things, I agree. Humanities is needed for the moral sides of these developments. But I'm sure but I'm sure with that, scientists can learn some of those skills, put it on top of the skills that they already have, and make the future brighter. I know there are some problems. So if I um, admit, I've heard of a recent problem with Google. If you go into Google and you type in um, beautiful babies, you actually get images of babies that look nothing like us. So it's as if we are not beautiful. And I know that if we are skilled enough, we can make changes in those areas so that we can also add our beautiful babies to the search engine. Okay, so in conclusion, STEM, STEM, STEM. I, I love STEM, but I do agree that we do need some humanities in there somewhere. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'm just quietly watching <laughs> the, two, the two protagonists in the studio um, sizing each other up as they take notes about how to respond. Tonight is part one of two debates we are having to round up our series of discussions about the future of jobs. What are we trying to achieve? We want people to understand where the job opportunities will come from going forward and then what kind of preparation is required and then analyze across different continents, across different areas of study where the trends are moving so that students who are studying will know what is required People who are already in jobs will know what to do to be able to take advantage. I'm going to give Hazel a minute or two to respond directly to what Ifwa has said. And then when I come back from that one, I'm going to now begin to ask questions based on the submissions made by the two uh, resource persons. So Hazel, some quick rebuttals to what um, Ifwa said. So that was a brilliant presentation, if I agree, to a large extent. And just for, just for, for, ba for fairness and balance, I, I summarized your presentation, so let me do the same for, 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 <laughs> for IFWA. So IFWA agrees with Hazel that both are relevant, and that's where it ends, because right from there, she goes straight into the bed and starts the day <laughs> by proving that you sleep as a stem, you wake up as a stem, and by the time you go to sleep, you have a branch. <laughs> 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 so she says, your bed you slept in was made by STEM. Your water you drink was made by STEM. The clock, your car, everything is STEM. As nations have developed um, in the past from STEM. She says, even the evolution, the way we cook and process our food um, derives from the work of, of, of STEM, an engineer here, a scientist here. And then she mentions that the fact that we are listening to radio and, and enjoying this program across the world is driven largely by STEM. She mentions an industry very dear to Ghanaians, the cocoa sector, and talks about fertilizers 
and even the processing of cocoa being driven by STEM. She ends by saying, let's make this very simple. There may be some use for humanities, but you acquire the foundation in STEM and then use humanities to acquire management skills. The other way around is absolutely impractical. And those are the thoughts of IFWA on this debate. Hazel, your response. Thank you, Reverend Albert, and thank you for once again. And I would stand by my position to say that you need to have humanities first before you branch out into the STEM. My reasons being the following. Let's use the analogy of the bed, the water, and the food to actually respond to um, the points. Before you even create a bed in terms of the wood and all that goes into a bed, a regular bed, a mattress and everything, you need collaboration, teamwork, you need creativity, innovation, and good thinking to do that. That comes from humanities. You need a business mind to sell the bed. So... Even a carpenter by the roadside needs to have business skills and needs to have some idea of how to even advertise. That's humanities right there. So if you continue the discussion about industrialization and the evolution of the world systems and the creation of all kinds of things, without good governance, without having critical thinking in there, you couldn't have made those things happen. And you mentioned proudly that a country like Singapore has a lot of scientists as their politicians. How many such countries exist today? Few. You just mentioned one. In other words, it is still imperative that humanities are a foundation before you build on STEM. That is why it's even easier for anybody who has a STEM foundation to actually, to, who has a humanities foundation to actually continue to study some things in STEM and the other way around. Now, I used to be a science student for my O level. And after studying science for five years in school, I branched out straight into humanities. I realized that although the science students are making contributions to class and making contributions to society, that balance of the two was very, very important. In my ideal world, every young child should have a balance of both STEM and humanities in their studies right from scratch. It's important for the choice to be made to drive society where we make sure that we position students appropriately. Now, whilst we're evolving very quickly to have robots and digital systems, at least even in Ghana, we see that now with having digitization in a lot of platforms, it's important to have the governance behind those structures to make those work. Without the two, without the pillar behind, it can't work. So, again, I'll respond and say that it's important to have humanities because through humanities, we have good communication skills, we have language. Without good communication skills, without language, you can't really communicate effectively to get a point across and to get things done properly. Performance management, people management, cannot be done in STEM without humanities. So, humanities is a fundamental skill that everybody really needs before they drive any agenda across STEM. Now, I'm a big fan of STEM. Don't get me wrong. I admire mathematicians. I admire engineers. I admire te technology-driven people. I admire scientists. But fundamentally, you need to have humanities. Resource management. To manage time, money, and other resources. Without humanities, that is practically impossible. So humanities first, then you can build whatever thoughts in STEM. To conclude my debate right now, I have a very good friend who actually studied master's. He's 35 years old today. He's now just gone into medical school. So it is possible to branch out into STEM after you've done humanities. Thank you. This is Springboard Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran. Run the, the debate on, on the future of jobs. The simple question, from whence cometh the jobs? And I'm having in the studio Hazel Berard Amwa arguing for the humanities and business. And if we are they be arguing for, for STEM, science, technology, education, and mathematics. There are some very, very strong opinions out there about which is the one that must be attended to. Let me start with a statement by Rick Scott, the governor of Florida, who is quoted by saying that a liberal education is irrelevant and technical training is the new path forward. 
In fact, this debate between STEM and the humanities has been taken to a new level in the U.S., where some policymakers are calling for subsidies for STEM degrees, while those offering the humanities pay full fees. In fact, some states have already started implementing this, and this is according to the Washington Post. Let me come to you. If Even though you are arguing for, um, for STEM, take off your argument cap a little. At, at this point, the debate, the debate has winded down. Let, let's talk real life. What do you think of this comment by Rick Scott? is for STEM degrees and not for humanities. Um, I don't agree with it. I think that definitely you need both because you can have the greatest invention and if you don't have the emotional intelligence, if you don't have the people skills to make it work, it's not going to happen. It's sad, but I do think that STEM kind of um, drives economies and I think maybe in America they've realised that because they're not at the forefront or their kind of power is declining maybe they need to reinvest in stem in order to win the race win the race with china and the other emerging economies right and you bring up a very interesting point and at this point like i said in the second part of this debate let's take off our uh, uh for and against um, uh, um caps and look more at the, at the breakdown of the issues hazel would would you think that situational ethics or situ- some situations will call for one or the other to be given priority based on the need of a nation? That's a very good question. I totally agree. If you look at the context of Ghana, which is what I want to speak to, um, if you compare when we had our independence to other countries like Malaysia and Indonesia that also have independence around the same time, they have been able to accelerate their development because of their focus on STEM to a very large extent. So for nation building and for growth, for acceleration at some point, there needs to be a certain shift. And during the break, uh, myself and Ifwa released that, you know what, the, the fact is both are not equally relevant, but it's about focus at every point in time in the area and development of a country. So if you look at Ghana today, if we have to move to the next step in terms of development, in terms of industrialization, in terms of growth, in terms of getting um, attraction for investors, mm-hmm. we need to have a more STEM-focused approach to some extent. But again, as Ifa also agreed with me, you still need your humanities in the background to really drive these to make them possible. So depending on the country's situation, you may want to have some shifts. If you look at China today, the STEM agenda is so strong that they're even producing things which are not even healthy for the human consumption. Right. If you had an opportunity to review the China agenda, you have to put in more humanities to bring some sanity to that system. And what China is importing and exporting is actually not helping both China themselves and the globe. Let me give you some numbers that you will find very helpful. Mm-hmm. The, the, the share of um, STEM courses in seven selected countries, and India is leading with 70% of all students' courses that are taken are in science, technology, engineering, and math. And in those seven countries, Paul is followed by Nepal, 52%, Malaysia, 48%, Nigeria, interestingly, at 45%, China, 39%, Saudi Arabia, 33%, and Brazil, 21%. And to top that up, in countries like Australia, Canada, US, UK, and US, they've all recorded increases in the number of students pursuing STEM, ranging between 21% in Australia and 37% in the U.S. So it is a fact that there is a seeming push um, towards STEM. But let me bring you to the, the point we made earlier on. 
and that is we are going to juxtapose the the skills that I mentioned from the World Economic Forum report, and which ones um, STEM can prepare you for, and which ones the humanities can prepare you for. And as we rightly indicated, for all ten, cognitive flexibility, negotiation, service orientation, judgment and decision making, emotional intelligence, coordinating with others people management, creativity, critical thinking, and complex problem solving. These are 10 skills. And of all the 10, humanities has been penned down by the World Economic Forum <laughs> as preparing you for all 10 of them. Meanwhile, on the flip side, STEM can prepare you for only six of them as per what I have in front of me, and that is cognitive flexibility, service orientation, judgment and decision-making, coordinating with others, creativity, and complex problem solving. If I would admit that this is uh, a bit of a blue. <laughs> <laughs> I think you missed one out. Critical thinking. Um, Critical thinking was not listed by the report as something that STEM prepares you for. STEM gives you the formulas. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it, it is a blow, but... um. I, but I think it's understandable. I think um, if you find, even in debates and so on, you'll find that scientists aren't as good at debating or getting their point across as a humanities student. Um, so definitely, I agree with the findings. I don't think there's anything wrong Right. There. Now, before before Hazel starts rejoicing, Hazel, I, I, <laughs> I have some, some very grim stats for you here. <laughs> because beyond the skills that are needed, there are now a list of the jobs themselves that are looking far more promising going forward. And these jobs are predicted to increase in the year 2020 and beyond. And guess what? STEM flaws you completely in terms of how it prepares you for those jobs. I have a list of eight jobs here and STEM prepares you definitely for four of them, possibly for two of them, and then a no for two. But when it comes to the the uh, well, it's kind of balance in there. So let's look at it. Let's look at it. So data analyst, it is a no for the humanities and it's a yes for the STEM. Computer and mathematical jobs, a no for the humanities and a yes for the STEM. Are you surprised? No. no. Architect and engineering jobs, a no for the humanities and a yes for the STEM. So we start with training in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Salespeople. The humanities record one there, and possibly I don't know how possible it is for them. The stem to uh, the, the report is biased. <laughs> Senior managers, the humanities seem to have an advantage. Um, stem records possibly. Product designers, stem has an advantage, and then um, humanities says possibly. But the last two, human resource and organizational development specialists, stem has no. Humanities has yes. And then also for regulatory and government relations experts, something that robots cannot do. Interestingly, <laughs> humanities has a yes and STEM has a no. So literally, when you add it up, you get four yeses for humanities, four yeses for for the STEM, and then two possibilities for <laughs> the STEM and one for the, for the humanities. So you edge it slightly by one possibility. <laughs> Otherwise, it's all the same. Um, let's let's wrap this up uh, by opening the phone lines for our listeners to call into the show 
and and find out from them what they think whether they think um, science has more opportunity than business and humanities I, I can tell you that in Ghana from the statistics of our universities admission statistics there is a huge huge leaning towards business studies for instance um, and that is something that I would like to put on board so while we wait for the phone calls let me give you a quote from Steve Jobs um, founder of Apple who's on record to have said that it is in Apple's DNA that technology alone is not enough that it is technology married with the liberal arts, married with the humanities, that yields us the results that makes our heart sink. So anyone who says the iPhone is a result of STEM, Steve Jobs says you lie. Let me open the phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> let me open the phone lines and listen to some thoughts from our listeners. When you call into the show, let's, let, let's put down up front which one you are voting for before you even start talking. <laughs> All right. Hello, good evening. Yeah, good evening, Albert. How are you? Excellent. I'm enjoying these two brilliant experts educating me on STEM versus the humanities and business. Let me start with you. What's your name, sir? Yeah, my name is Johnson. Johnson, are you voting for STEM or the humanities and business? Well, I'm, I'm voting for both. Um, you know what? Um, I'm a technology <laughs> person myself. Uh, but if you come to software, uh, for instance, we need lawyers when, we, when you're talking about end-user agreements. Uh, we need uh, content uh, writers. If you're developing a website, you need proofreaders. And all of these come from the humanities. So we cannot talk about technology and not talk about humanities. Or we cannot say we just should focus on technology and leave humanities alone. I mean, we need all. Uh, but Johnson, we didn't say we should focus on one and leave the other. We said which one would drive more jobs. And from what you are saying, one person designs the software, but the content developer is humanities. The, the software agreement writer is humanities. You're giving us three humanities jobs for one software designer. Can I say that it's three versus one? <laughs> yeah, exactly so. Yes, I agree with you. We need, we need fewer people to go into technology and more people to go into humanities. All right, thank you, Johnson. Your thoughts are very well articulated. Let's take the next caller. Hello, good evening. Yeah, I believe in science and technology. So you are voting yeah, for STEM as well? Myself. Hello. There you go ahead. Hello. Yeah, I'm a medical scientist myself. And you see, the way the world is moving to, okay, the technology is creating more problems, and we need science and technology to alleviate all these problems, and then create new technology. The chemicals that we use for farming are creating health hazards, so we need technology to alleviate all these hazards. So I think even in Ghana, for this. For the country to progress, we need science and technology more. But Derek, the argument you make is the same argument that Hazel counters by saying that the chemicals you talk about creating the health hazard, she says that if you have humanities, there will be more ethical scientific production. And that is the argument that Hazel makes. But keep listening to your virtual university. We will break this down further and then and then continue the debate. Thank you so much, Derek. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? I'm called Quincy. From Is the Winnipeg vote going for STEM or humanities? <laughs> Perhaps um, I would say both, all of the above. And you see, from national development point of view, perhaps what we would have to look at is the ratio. How many of STEM and how many of um, humanities and arts we need, right? But for 
making it relevant, Ghana's current situation. I think um, I'll go for 60% for STEM and 40% for arts humanity. Um, we are lagging behind in development, and certainly it's science and technology. But I, I, I believe it's not an either-or. It's not an either-or. When you look at our polytechnics made specifically for technical issues, now they are running more humanities than technical programs. And this is the source of our problem. Thank uh, you. Funding, uh -huh, funding for STEM is gone down. Humanity is easy to pro um, prosecute. I can just build one building and set up an university, run humanities. But when it comes to STEM, it's capital intensive. But the government must make every conscious effort to produce more than for now humanities. I think it's okay. But it's also, we need arts to design slicky phones for us. Let me ask you a question. Would you go for the extreme position taken by Rick Scott um, in the U.S., the governor of Florida, who was quoted as saying that, or who suggested that the the humanities people must pay full fees and then those offering STEM must be given subsidies or scholarships? Do you agree? Yeah, bringing it to Ghana, I would say, yes, government must subsidize STEM for humanities no. All right, thank you very much. Your point is very well made. And I'll take the last caller. I, I, I can tell the, the, the direction the calls are leaning towards. <laughs> it's a Ghanaian thing. All right, the last caller. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. Your name, where are you calling from, please? Uh, my name is Frank. I, I'm calling from OEB. Going for humanity. If you produce, let's look at Ghana. How do we package our product, the product we, that we, 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 we produce? You know, cocoa. It comes from here. You can get the world's best cocoa from here. But look at how we package our chocolate. You know, at times you buy chocolate, this foreign chocolate, and there are granules and a little can, a little paste in it. But the packaging is so nice, that so presentable. And so look at our tourism. Look at our art uh, in terms of um, uh, music. You know, there are a lot of money potential there. But we are not just doing it well. And so... We don't need a big factory. Take, for instance, Shatawali. One song of it can, be, can match, you know, any big factory you can call up in Ghana. You Thank know, if you market In, in fact, you are, you are on fire. I can tell you yeah. that without a doubt. So <laughs> let's look at it, this little, little thing. Tourism, art, music, you know, so that we, we market it across the world. We so don't need those bigger factories. Pollution and all that kind of thing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Or you do all. In fact, thank you very much. All right. So this is a debate that can go on all night. And I'm sure that at a point you find the same people swinging their allegiance across board and coming back. It just confirms the fact that we need both. But let's go to Facebook and hear some of the thoughts that are being shared. And earlier on, we had Andrew Alomatu on Facebook says that STEM is the vehicle, but humanities is the driver. And so he's arguing that while STEM is key, more jobs will be driven by humanities. And so he's giving STEM 35 to 40% and he's giving the humanities 60 to 65%. So that's just good news for you from, from Andrew. Now, Ifwa has imp uh, imported home-based players to come and play the match for her. So Ifwa's husband, Sam, has written on Facebook that no way, STEM is the way forward. Charlie Hazel, next time you have to bring some home-based players. <laughs> Sam says, 
without stem, diseases, diseases will engulf the whole world in ways that cannot be described. In fact, Sam, when you go home today, oh, it will be a beautiful evening for supporting your wife, even on Facebook. All right. So it's obvious that both parties have very strong arguments that they make to buttress the points that they have. Hazel, your closing thoughts in a minute on this discussion about the future of jobs. Is it going to be STEM? Is it going to be the humanities? Speak the truth, not your side of the debate. Which one do you think will give us more jobs? Thank you, Albert. It was interesting that your final thoughts before the callers came through was the fact that there's actually, out of the eight critical jobs of the future, there's a 4%, four out of them will go for humanities and four out of it will go to STEM. That actually shows that whilst there is a trend in terms of the studies, towards them, given the global developments, both are equally relevant. It was actually gratifying that the last job that you mentioned was HR development and org development. Not because I work in the HR space, but ultimately what we are seeing is that without the human dimension, without the human factor, it's very difficult for you to drive STEM jobs. So my closing thoughts are really that we should try to, as a country, position ourselves in such a way that we have both STEM and humanities being driven, but with reference to our development agenda, have a tilt towards them, but have the pillars of humanities in terms of business thinking, investors, extra driving the STEM agenda. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hazel Berat Amwas, arguing for the the humanities and business. If what be your closing thoughts? Okay, I very much agree with Hazel's closing thoughts. I thought so they yeah, were. You came to argue, and I argue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it is a combination of both. We definitely need um, STEM and humanities working hand in hand. If we are going to progress as a nation, as a continent, both need to be considered. And as we look to the future, humanities definitely has a role to play in STEM and the technology future. So that's my closing thoughts. Right. (laughs) So just some thoughts from Facebook to wrap up the show. Judith Quarty watching from London says, I'm watching a program demonstrating Alexia and Google's robot and there's such a long way to go and that brings a smile to FOS face. <laughs> and then Flint Anna Agbemo says, um, we have banks with less, less staff now because everything is being done online. ATMs are receiving cash and checks. So let's face it, while um, technology is opening, making life more convenient, it is rather reducing the jobs. <laughs> and then the closing thoughts will come from my good friend, Dr. Esi Ansan, who says, I believe in STEM. Use humanity to teach us how to think creatively and then use STEM to teach us how to act and do. Good evening, Dr. Esi Ansan. Your thoughts are the ones that I will wrap up with, along with those of Steve Jobs that says, very importantly for those who are, everyone using an iPhone, he says, it is in Apple's DNA that technology alone is not enough, but it's technology married with the liberal arts, married with the humanities, that yields as the results that makes our hearts sing. It's definitely been a beautiful evening of heart-singing debate between Ifwa Adebi and Hazel Berard. Thank you, Ifwa. Thank you, Hazel. My name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com 
or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed.